Hello, all you out there in podcast land. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Stream Police. I'm John Otney. Joining me is Michael Seventy. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing well. Uh, again, the name of this podcast is Stream Police. And before we go any further, let me give you a little background on what we're going to do. Uh, as you may have guessed by the title, we'll be talking about movies currently available on streaming services, uh, specifically Netflix, but with a bit of a twist or paradigm shift, if uh, if you were to ask like M. Night Shyamalan. That's what he calls them. He calls them paradigm shifts. <laughs> uh, anyways, we'll be reviewing uh, movies on streaming, but they won't necessarily be movies of our selection. I mean, they sort of will be. The selection process will instead be in the cold calculating hands of the Netflix randomizer. Now, let me explain what that is. If you're not familiar with the Netflix randomizer, it's this uh, it, it's kind of like an app on the site uh, allflix.net that randomly selects a movie or show from Netflix. And on the randomizer, you can set genre, uh, Netflix rating, IMDb rating, the year, all sorts of stuff. Uh, but for the sake of this episode, um, uh, we're not going to adjust anything. Uh, I mean, aside from the fact that we're going to select a movie and not a TV show. Right. I know, unless, Michael, you want to review every episode of, of Till Death. That's a separate podcast that we're going to start <laughs> after this one. Yeah, it's one that we record it, literally until we die. <laughs> till death, till death. God, can you imagine that? Like 81, I, I looked it up. I did look it up. 81 <laughs> episodes of us reviewing that just, terrible Brad Garrett show. I just thought you knew offhand. You were like, it's till death, die hard. You know, I got a... I got the I got the website the tribute site for Till Death. <laughs> is it trying, an angel fire? Uh... <laughs> it's an angel fire. It's got like weird gifts and all repeating <laughs> background. Um, uh, that page. would be an interesting podcast uh, reviewing a terrible show. But yeah. anyways, um, so we're gonna use the randomizer on each episode. Um, and we're gonna click it. This is how we're gonna do it. We're gonna click it three times near the end of the episode, and then select a movie among the three. We have to pick one. Um, now, obviously, we've already selected the one for this episode because uh, we had to do that ahead of time, and that's going to be Jack Reacher. But at the end of the episode, you know, you'll get to hear us uh, click the randomizer, weigh our options, and hopefully come to a conclusion by the end of the episode. Uh, you excited, Michael? I'm so excited. But before we get to our review of uh, Jack Reacher, you know, I thought we'd just, you know, just kind of casually talk about, you know, what's up. What's what's in the news? Uh, before this podcast started, me and Michael were talking about Weezer. They have a new song out. Uh, I think they have a new album in September, I want to say. Yeah, I think fall. so. And they came out with this new single called Back to the Shack, <laughs> which is basically this song saying, we're returning to our roots. Right. And I, I, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. I'm kind of in the position where um, it's... It's pretty bad, but I like I admire what they're going for. Like they're like, "Hey, we suck now, but we're we're going to try. <laughs> we're going to try to fix that." I don't know, Michael, what do you what do you think about it? Yeah, no. Uh back to the shack, I it's pretty damn bad. Um I would say it's the worst lead single they've done um since maybe probably since like green um it, it's just I and mean, that's saying something because some of those have been pretty weak uh i i do think that like as far as a return to our 94 i think it's a lyric in the song we're going back to like 94 or something it, it, it completely fails on that level just because it's so not uh you know it, it's just not as good as that but also just not in the same style really and it's kind of like disingenuous even just because yeah. it's like claiming to be like we're going back to what we used to do but it's got like this outside songwriter who co-wrote it with them who like i, I don't know it, it just kind of fails on all fronts for me but it's it's funny because i was reading that like oh we wrote over <laughs> 200 songs to like to, to demo for this album and i'm thinking like okay and the one you picked for your single was one you wrote with like some kesha songwriter like like how many good ideas do you have like it just makes like how many worse songs could have been selected to be the lead single i mean it's weird because i feel like weezer is more like a parody of weezer than what they were you know because there's a lot of bands that have ripped off weezer you know (laughs) since then and i feel like weezer is one of those bands like like me and my brother like he wants we played this game where you know he he kind of likes modern day weezer and he kind of likes uh modern day rooney Uh. and yeah they're still around and basically what you do 
is he plays a current Rooney song and a current Weezer song and then asks me who's who <laughs> and I have no idea. It is it's impossible. Like Wow. And to th- think that Weezer's gotten that diluted where I can get them confused for one of their knockoff bands. Like, <laughs> there's something about that that's really weird. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think uh, Rivers Cuomo is kind of, it's been diminishing returns for a while. <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, I actually, um, I was kind of surprised with how much I liked Hurley, which was uh, a few years ago. And I think even that, though, is just kind of. With the with Pinkerton and the Blue Album kind of hanging above you, that it's yeah. definitely under par for yeah, oh, what sure. they could do. I think. I mean, I will check out the new Weezer album just because, out of curiosity, sure, sure. mostly. But I think my Weezer fandom kind of reached a nice swan song when uh, a couple of years ago I got to see them do the uh, the tour where they they toured with the Blue Album and Pinkerton. They played you know, back to back. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that was really cool because it's the only Weezer show you can go to these days where you're not going to hear Beverly Hills <laughs> and there's not a bunch of backing musicians, you know, and Pat is going to be playing drums and he's not going to be doing some guitar solo, you know. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. After that, I'm good. I mean, I'll always be curious because that's I check out things, but <laughs> I'm sh- I, I just can't imagine it being that good. Yeah, no, it's. I don't want to say morbid curiosity. That might be a little too much, but it is just kind of like, oh, I'll check this out because, of course, I will. Uh. Yeah. All right. Um, hey, maybe when that album comes out, we'll talk about it or something. <laughs> yeah, totally. We're, you know, tune in for part two of, of, of Weezer Talk. Weezer Sucks, the podcast. <laughs> Weezer Sucks, the podcast. Do you think there's a podcast where people just talk about how much a band sucks and how much they used to like that band uh well there on earwolf there was analyze fish which was uh <laughs> scott ackerman and harris whittles and harris whittles was trying to convince scott ackerman to like fish so half of that podcast was talking about fish sucking so i don't know that was i don't know if that's quite the same but it's in the ballpark oh yeah definitely yeah. but yeah hopefully you know you get to hear us uh, talk about that another time uh, but now we're going to reach for the stars with Jack Reacher. It's your last chance to walk away. Are you kidding? It's five against one. It's three against one. How do you figure? Once I take out the leader, which is you, I'll have to contend with one or two enthusiastic wingmen. The last two guys, they always run. Are you, uh, you done this before? getting late. Remember, you wanted this. Yeah. You, you, let's just start with like your initial impression. Okay. It's like you just watched it. What are you, what's going through your head? All right. Uh, as soon as uh, the movie stopped, you know, credits rolled, uh, I basically just thought, wow, uh, that's the best uh birthday present that tom cruise could have given himself as a 50 year old uh i think that's the best kind of if you're gonna do like a big vanity project when the big 5-0 rolls around uh mm-hmm. i think that's the blueprint you should follow um just it is definitely tom cruise's kind of monument to tom cruise it sets the tone by saying a tom cruise production at the beginning of <laughs> right. the film right right like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I didn't even know he had a production company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a lot of a lot of Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, going into this, I didn't really know much about Jack Reacher. I knew they were books. I didn't really know the specifics. I guess they're a series uh, by <laughs> yeah. British author Lee Child. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the ninth book. I guess that's what a better place to start than the ninth book. <laughs> um, and I was reading that apparently Tom Cruise is very miscast as this character yeah uh, uh online i think the the nation's uncles just kind of all banded together <laughs> and protested tom cruise as the lead of uh jack reacher i actually i apparently a big part of it is height like jack reacher's supposed to be like this big tall i don't know muscular guy is that yeah it, it is, sounds or? like he looks more like duke nukem or something yeah than- like I was reading about something Should've how it's like he has like zero body fat. He's like super ripped, but he doesn't like work out. 
<laughs> I was like, that's a weird detail to say that he's ripped, but he doesn't need to work out. So, <laughs> this is, see, it's just like that alone. That just like my my theory about uh, Jack Reacher is that the character is kind of like this alpha fantasy that Lee Child made, and I guess mm-hmm. it's also that's what Tom Cruise kind of saw in it. Is just yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's who he wants to be. He wants to right. be this tall, muscular, blonde man <laughs> who can get away with basically anything. Yeah. Um, before we get uh, more into the character, I mean, we should probably give a plot synopsis All right. uh, the best we can. Um, let me see. Let me see if I can rattle that off real quick. So it opens with basically a mysterious sniper. Uh, I believe it was in Pittsburgh, yeah. I think. Right. And he shoots a bunch of people, and we don't know why. Um, and the police, they quickly identify, you know, due to some some evidence. It leads them <laughs> to basically this this guy uh, who is a former uh, U.S. Army sniper. And they're interrogating him. And he basically just writes down, get Jack Reacher. Right. So they know that the only way they can figure out who did this or, or what's going on is if they get this this Jack Reacher guy. But, you know, here, here we start going into cliches where, like, he's a ghost. You know, <laughs> you don't find him. He finds you. <laughs> and then he does. Yeah. No. He, it's true to his, his word. Yeah, he, he gets you. Um, yeah, no. I, I mean, as far as setups go, I think it should be said that, that that's not bad at all, I think. Uh, I mean, it's the opening uh, scene of the movie. It's just mm-hmm. kind of a wordless uh, lot of helicopter shots and tracking shots of this uh, guy, you know, setting up his sniper rifle in the parking garage and... And from there, finding the wrong man and having that same wrong man uh, just right get Jack Reacher on the. I mean, I, I think that's at least uh, as far as like this kind of thriller goes, a, a pretty interesting setup. You know, I was like, well, who is this Jack Reacher fellow? I was, <laughs> I was on board. I don't know. I I will say the first five minutes I thought were pretty good. It's pretty well shot. Um, Caleb Deschanel, I yeah. know this was the cinematographer, Zoe Deschanel. Uh, his father mm-hmm. and he does a great job and there's some good music it's very competently put together i mean the whole movie is but the first five minutes especially look great but then i think the first moment i had where i was like something's fishy here is when they start talking about jack reacher <laughs> like who he is they're like yeah. he used to be this marine but like then he disappeared and like we don't have any you know he doesn't have id doesn't have anything like you don't know how to find him like all that stuff like just yeah. think that someone can just drop off the grid like that but then be like someone that we need, you know, this ultimate yeah. vigilante. Like that, I thought was pretty cheesy because yeah, yeah. I hate I hate characters that are just no flaws, just like perfect, like the ultimate action star, you know. Right. Like I like people like Indiana Jones who are flawed <laughs> and are can be bumbling at times. The you working know, even, man's action star. <laughs> even James Bond has like his raging libido <laughs> that he has to like. He's always getting double crossed, you know. <laughs> You know, but that, Jack that, Reacher. That's his Achilles heel is his raging libido. <laughs> that's his kryptonite. But like but like Jack Reacher yeah. f- throughout no I feel like never has he doesn't have any weaknesses really. No. Uh I mean and in fact I think uh in that that's true I think of a lot of uh, protagonists, you know, to some extent is that they're kind of in this kind of movie I mean. Uh, is mm-hmm. that they're kind of without weakness but i think also just talking about this movie in the context of tom cruise's career that's kind of what yeah. he came up uh doing was being uh characters that are you know the head of the class and everything you know whether he's a f- fighter pilot or a, a fucking samurai <laughs> i mean it, it's you know it, it, tom cruise is always kind of you know a number one and i think in his best movies um the director will kind of like subvert that or temper that somehow with, you know, in, in an interesting way or in a humorous way. Mm-hmm. And this movie, it's kind of just like straight up. No, it's Tom Cruise, Jack Reacher. He's the strongest, best guy at everything. Yeah. You know, I'd like to go more in depth on Tom Cruise just as an actor and his career, like in general and uh, pretty soon. But for, I think first I'd like to address sure. some of the other characters yeah, that yeah. were in this movie. Um, probably the second most prominent one after Jack is the one, the character that's played by Rosamund Pike, I think her name was. Right, right. Uh, she's the, she's a, she's a, a defense attorney and she's the daughter of the district attorney and she's defending the guy, the suspect, you know, that they think was the shooter and mm-hmm. he, and she wants Jack to help her. Um, basically, she'll let him look at evidence if, if he agrees to be her lead investigator. 
Right. Which it seems weird to me that you can just hire someone who has no qualifications to investigate. <laughs> you know, like he's he, he's not like a cop or an FBI agent. He's just like he's basically a homeless person. <laughs> right. He basically lives on buses. You know, he's. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So she she hires him to just to just go into you know investigate this this mess and I don't know how how um, in depth we wanna we wanna get into the story. There's a couple other characters uh, that are boring government guys. I don't really feel like anyone's worth addressing on that side. But I I'm, I'm sure anyone who's a film fan and hasn't seen this is curious to know what is Werner Herzog. <laughs> doing in jack reacher god yeah <laughs> and what's it like watching Werner herzog and jack reacher yeah let's i mean kind of an inspired choice yeah but i i mean how did you feel about and we'll we can talk about this scene because it was kind of interesting to me how do you feel about <laughs> Werner herzog's reveal as the villain oh, in this movie i i mean tingles down my spine <laughs> i just like in all seriousness i uh when he comes out, I mean, I knew that he was in the movie and he was the villain, but just seeing him on screen in this, you know, late period Tom Cruise vehicle, it just like, it, there's this cognitive dissonance. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's so contradictory. <laughs> it just, yeah, it, out of place, but, but amazing for sure. <laughs> So basically, he plays this character called I think it was the the Zerk. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Zerk. Basically, his shtick is he was this uh, guy in a who spent he's pretty much spent his whole life or a big chunk of his life in a Serbian like work camp and out in really like terrible like frigid weather. And he's his whole thing is like he'll do anything to survive. And um, basically, he's like the uh, the example that he has is he has. He's missing a bunch of fingers mm. on his hands, and he shows them, and he explains that uh, I'm missing these fingers because they got frost, you know, frost, frostbitten, and I didn't want to mm-hmm. get, you know, gangrene, so I bit them all off, and then these ones, so I wouldn't have to work in the mines. And he's missing all these fingers. Yeah. And 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 then in this scene, <laughs> and then I'll explain a little bit um, later about what he's actually doing. It's really not as interesting as just the character itself. Um, but in this scene, it's basically him and the actual sniper, and they're talking to this guy who's kind of just like some henchman. I don't remember what the henchman was doing, but basically Werner Herzog kind of doubts this henchman's dedication and like his loyalty. And if does, does this guy have what it takes to survive? So basically Werner Herzog goes like, I want you to bite off all the fingers on your hand. <laughs> and then, you know, then we'll see, you know, or yeah. we'll kill you basically. Right. And I, at that moment, I couldn't tell. Okay, is this the dumbest scene I've ever seen, or is this like the greatest scene I've ever you know, like witnessed in a movie? Like, <laughs> Werner Herzog telling a guy, "Bite off all your fingers." Yeah, you know, no, I'll I, shoot I, you. I believe that's based on how uh, Herzog actually finds interns to be on his film sets. Like that's the test <laughs> that he really gives them. He's an extreme guy. You yeah, know, I wouldn't put it past him. He's eating shoes, eating fingers. I don't know. And I did kind of like. Um, there's little there's little tidbits in here in the script that I do like little little snippets of lines that you know Christopher McQuarrie I think does a great job of bringing um, on t- onto the screen and I think there's a line of Werner Herzog when he's talking to this guy you know right before he tells him to bite off his fingers and this guy is basically saying like well can I at least you know have a knife and Werner Herzog's like I can't remember exactly how he says it I feel like he says it in a, a, an interesting way but he's like I didn't have a knife right. And there's something I actually liked about that is even though I was having this debate in my head, it's like, is this stupid or is this good? I was like, oh, that's so cool. He's like, I didn't have a knife. Bite your fingers off. <laughs> I believe that's the line. I didn't have a knife. Bite your fingers off. No, yeah, I I, I totally understand what you're saying. I, I think it's um, – it, I think it's probably, for me, it's a rare example of the movie's kind of uh, – of the movie striving to be badass and really achieving it in a way that doesn't seem forced or uh, inauthentic or I don't know just overly I don't know senselessly dark. I think it's it's a very excellent way to uh, introduce a villain, especially a villain played by Herzog. I, I think it totally works. I I was <laughs> I was into it. It's kind of a shame there wasn't more of the Zerk for me. Actually, oh yeah, yeah, he was kind of underused, underutilized. I would say. Um, I mean, maybe it would have got too melodramatic had they done more stuff for him, but I don't know. I mean, he's—I know Werner Herzog doesn't usually act, but I'd say he was 
doing a pretty good job. Yeah, no, uh, I, considering I would say uh, I'm frightened to consider that he might not have been acting. <laughs> I think he's <laughs> that just might be him. Like he was just ad libbing shit. Uh, but you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was quite, yeah, quite good. Um, it's a little disappointing to me that his what he's actually doing, I feel like is in no way interesting. I, I don't even know if I can remember it correctly. Now, I. I I'm going to go ahead and do some spoilers here. I feel like we've already spoiled some things. I feel like if anyone's listening to a Jack Reacher review oh, yeah, no. right now, I think we're, we're good. <laughs> yeah. But as far as I can recall, and I do get mixed up in these kind of espionage thrillers, this sniper uh, shot a bunch of people at the beginning, but was was doing that to cover up the fact that they were going after one person. Mm-hmm. And it's a person that they recently got control of like this construction company. Mm-hmm. And to my understanding... Uh, Werner Herzog and his guys were kind of masquerading as businessmen, and I think either they wanted in on this company or they were they were like a rival and they were trying to take them down. It really wasn't interesting to me, <laughs> so I don't even remember if that's right. So that's kind of disappointing when I found out like, oh man, this guy who's bitten off all his fingers, you know. It, <laughs> I almost would prefer it if he just had like, I'm gonna blow up the world with a bomb. <laughs> you know, I almost wanted that Batman kind of. Sure. Super villain angle. And it was something that was way more boring, so Yeah. I mean, it's hard to be invested, I feel like, in that kind of struggle. I uh yeah, I totally understand. Uh well for one thing, uh it's not it's not really a plot uh the evil plot isn't really worth remembering the details of exactly. <laughs> uh, basically he's he's doing an awful lot to get this tiny construction company. Um and and even so it doesn't really make sense because like if the owner died if, if the owner of a business dies, doesn't aren't like the, all the assets kind of like frozen until I, mean, I don't know. It just seems like such a weird. No, oh, they give it to the scary German man with <laughs> no fingers. <laughs> yeah, the contract says if a guy has two fingers that he's bitten off, then yeah, no. But um, that's ridiculous. But also, I think what the the fact that you know all that it's not a, a blowing up the world's kind of plot. I, I think that's one of my one of the many ways I think the movies kind of it, it over, it goes over the top with all the, the badassery for lack of a better word, or I don't know. Badassery is an awesome word. I'm going to go with that. Um, <laughs> they should have called it that <laughs> Jack badassery. I would, I would see that. Uh, no, but it, it's, it's just that uh, it just feels so over the top for what could have been just kind of a very lean, you know, kind of movie. I think it kind of just goes overboard with all this stuff for a plot that's, you know, not just, I don't think really justifies that as much. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think the thing is like, yeah, as like the first five, maybe even 10, 15 minutes, like I was following everything very clearly. I was invested. It was simple, but as it, you know, gets more convoluted and then you have the very cliche, like this guy is actually working for this guy. (laughs) I start getting like, like I start walking away from it and being less interested and less invested in, you know, some rinky dink espionage <laughs> plot, you know, they should have just kept it simple. Cause that's, I feel like it could have worked. Cause I think Christopher, Christopher McQuarrie does, you know, he has some talent and he's written some pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that pro- stuff is probably the, the problems there are probably from the book. Cause it sounds like it's a pretty fair adaptation of the book, which I believe is called one shot. Yeah. One shot. Like so, I'd say the problems are probably in this in in that character in the series in those books because those books sound kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think they're. I mean, I've never read any of them. Uh, mm-hmm. I the vibe I get is that it's basically like a, a Tom Clancy type of thing where, again, your your uncle reads it on airplanes and stuff, and he gets it at Safeway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> he doesn't go to a bookstore he's not ordering it offline he's not reading on his kindle yeah no he gets it at you know right aid yeah he and, <laughs> and reads it waiting for a, a plane and falls asleep yeah yeah no i i i think that's the demographic and hey i mean that's i'm sure they love it and i'm you know everybody needs some author to pander to them <laughs> you know I, I get it but i think that this is uh I, I'm not really sure if we need more of like uh, I don't know these books and I, what is that Alex Cross I think is the other one yeah it's just like uh, you know the, the trying to find the new Jack Ryan I guess trying to find the new mm-hmm. Tom Clancy franchise I just I'm 
and I mean, right now they're kind of rebooting that, right? With uh, Chris Pine was in the movie last year or this year. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it did well, but yeah, they're they're always trying to keep that alive because I guess there's always yeah. an audience for it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I just think that uh, it's such a it's just such a thin kind of <laughs> subgenre, I guess. Like there, mm-hmm. it all just seems like the same movie to me. Yeah, and I've seen not that I've seen all of them, but I think I've seen enough of them that you just kind of know the beats, you know. Yeah, you know there's going to be that double cross, you know. Right. You know things like, or I assume in Alex Cross they call it "You Got Alex Cross." <laughs> that should have been the "You Got Served" of the like "You Got Alex Crossed." Would I don't know? He throws a badge at him or something. <laughs> um, I would like to talk about Tom Cruise as an actor, but one more thing that I'd like to touch on. Um, regarding the character of Jack Reacher is something I found very odd is it doesn't even seem like he's about uncovering, you know, like the truth and what's right more about like what's right to him and that he can justify that with murder, like all the time. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a line near the end of the movie. This is literally the line from the movie where they're talking to the, the suspect sniper who didn't turn out to be the sniper. <laughs> but basically this guy says about, about Jack Reacher, he doesn't care about the law. He doesn't care about proof. He only cares about what's right. Right, which is fucking insidious. Like I, this movie, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't want to get too much into this, but I, I really think this movie's kind of got a fucked up moral compass. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just in general, it, it, it is. I think because it kind of panders to that alpha fantasy, it does have a very like, you know, I'm a tough guy, and you know. I don't know, fuck, fuck justice, basically. Like, he, he just kind of, like, even the, you know, shooting, uh, what's his face? Uh, Ritzog's, uh character. Uh, yeah, And yeah. just kind of eliminating him and, and having it be, it almost plays, like, as a, like, a kind of cute, like, oh, that's my Reacher. <laughs> you know, like, it, it's very much uh, it, ideas about idealism when it comes to justice and pacifism are just kind of mocked and just kind of and every time like a character usually the the soul or one of the few female characters in the movie says but but then jack is like no we just gotta kill everybody <laughs> you know it's like uh it, it's kind of just a bummer and 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 that's another thing about the female characters is that this i think this movie has a problem with women <laughs> i mean it's oh yeah every uh you're either like a victim or you're there to be told what's what by tom cruise <laughs> you know i mean yeah basically like rosamund pike's character is basically wrong about everything <laughs> yeah, yeah all the time like she she never really contributes even though i mean she's supposed to, she should be a smart woman she's a defense attorney i think right. she knows what she's doing i mean there's there's even a scene i i mean we kind of mentioned it when yeah at the end um, basically, there's uh, this showdown with all these guys and guns, and Jack Reacher confronts the Zek, Werner Herzog, yeah. and you know, and Werner Herzog's like, "Hey, you're a vigilante. You know, I'm some old man. You're probably the one that's going to go to jail. Right. You know, I'm going to get to walk." And then Tom Cruise just shoots him, and <laughs> Rosamund Pike then says, "Hey, we could have used him to bring down so many more people." And Jack Reacher's basically just like, "Well, I got what I need. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got my closure." It's like. <laughs> He doesn't even care about, like, what is right. I mean, uh-huh. like that guy said in that ending monologue, he doesn't care about the law. <laughs> then what the fuck is he even doing? Exactly. Right? Yeah. No. And He doesn't care about proof. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's... I mean, if you care about what's right, don't you need law and proof, like, together? Like, it doesn't make mm. sense. Yeah. And and that's, that's basically the whole... Like, that's supposed to be, like, the applause line, I guess. And maybe for... I, I, I suspect that... For this movie's target audience, that is kind of an applause line. Like the the audience that just really wants to see a dude, you know, shoot a bunch of dudes and like, you know, have sex with all the women and, and you know, like I, I think that is kind of what <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, it it just kinda bummed me out at the mm-hmm. end of it. But yeah. You know, I was, another thing I was I was thinking of is how earlier we, we were talking about how like we feel like the demographic for this kind of movie is like uncles, and <laughs> yeah. that's why I thought it was like I almost laughed when later in the film there's this character played by Robert Duvall, right? Yeah, he's who basically has a gun range and he knew this sniper and he's like all about guys and, and guns like an army guys and stuff, <laughs> and I just felt like that's like if the uncle character got to be in the movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. I'm so glad you said that. Like, I, I wrote something down that, like, yeah, this is uh, the audience of the movie is in the movie. Like, it, it's uh, it's basically the, everything about this movie is kind of wish fulfillment in that sense. And that's the part of the movie where the old guy who doesn't get to be Tom Cruise anymore but gets to go see Tom Cruise movies now he gets to be oh now I'm the great Santini but I'm back and I'm shooting people alongside my buddy Tom Cruise it's like uh, it's it, it bums me out on that level and it bums me out in the just because this is what Robert Duvall's doing to get a paycheck and that is um yeah yeah I mean I'm sure he had a, a ball but uh, you know yeah all right, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind taking a detour for a minute just to talk about Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. In general, totally. Um, uh, I don't know where we want to start with this. I mean, uh, let's just let, let's start basic. Let's. Uh, so, Michael, how how do you feel personally about Tom Cruise as an actor? Just like in terms of like talent, and you know, like, do you think he's a competent performer in the roles he's done over these years? Uh, yeah, you know, I think, um, I think he is not a bad actor by any means, um, and I think he kind of gets uh more hate than he deserves just as a performer i think because of his personal life and things yeah. outside of his actual work he gets some criticism that um you know i don't think is completely warranted i don't think he has a, a tremendous range i don't mm-hmm. think that you know i think that there's i, I can understand uh why people would not want to watch a Tom Cruise movie because Tom Cruise is in it because he's got yeah. that shit eating grin. He's got that Tom Cruise-iness, <laughs> you know, that yeah. Jack Reacher-ness, I guess. But I think that um, he's shown himself to kind of uh, have a sense of self-awareness that when called upon, he can kind of, you know, show some dimensions within that world. And I think, you know, the examples are the ones that come to mind, I think immediately are uh, Magnolia and Jerry Maguire where he can kind of, um, you know, turn that on its head a little bit. But also, oh, yeah. yeah, especially Magnolia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very different. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's kind of when he's at his best. And I think just as like a, as a you know, as a Tom Cruise delivery system, you know, Tom Cruise is the best, <laughs> like Top Gun, you know, that that's who you needed for that role, you know, so. yeah. I mean, he plays that. I wrote down this character type, the smug macho man, where sometimes he's in movies where, yeah, you need that character and it works. Right. But then sometimes I, I feel like I don't want it. And then I'm worried that is this all like Tom Cruise can actually do? Right. And right. I was thinking about another actor who I'd say is also a competent, not great actor, but who people don't hate. And that's Brad Pitt. Okay. And. If you think about it, Brad Pitt, at least in my opinion, is by no means a great actor, but he plays a lot of different types. You know, he mixes up his, uh, he diversifies his portfolio. <laughs> you know, he's not always playing the smug action guy. Sometimes he's playing an idiot, like, you know, in Burn After Eating or in Glorious Bastards. Right. And, I mean, you can even see him and Tom Cruise in the same movie, Interview with the Vampire. And I'd say Tom Cruise is way better in that in that movie when they're just going head to head. And also Tom Cruise is playing a different character from who he normally plays. And and think about it. What was the last Tom Cruise performance that people like were really into? I, what would you say it was? The last Tom Cruise performance people were really into. Well, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I think it was. Tropic Thunder. Yeah, yeah, okay. And it's because it's something he didn't normally do. He's he was making fun of himself. You know, people wouldn't hate Tom Cruise so much. I mean, maybe they would because of all the Scientology stuff and yeah, his personal image. But I feel like if he mixed it up more, yeah, maybe people would think he's more human. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally true. I think that's uh I think he needed uh that Tropic Thunder role really badly because that you know, that was him saying, "Hey guys, I get it." <laughs> you know, like that and I think uh, Rock of Ages, he had kind of a similar role. I don't know if that was a cameo <laughs> or not, but yeah, yeah, you know, he he just I think that's um something he he realizes or his team realizes is necessary to have the public you know not despise him um yeah um now (laughs) it's funny yeah there's something about tom cruise where i feel like no matter what movie he's in at least most of the time there's a few exceptions like like magnolia i feel like i'm always very aware i'm watching a celebrity not like (laughs) 
a genuine person. And in a way, it makes me feel like Tom Cruise is like, he's like the cool stepdad you never really got to know. <laughs> like, he takes you to go ride bumper cars and the Ferris wheel and get some cotton candy. Uh, but like, and he's pleasant, right. but there's always that distance. You never really feel like you really get to know him, you know? Yeah. And, and there's only a couple movies, you know, that we've mentioned where I really feel like, wow, there's there's a person there. He can act. Why isn't he doing this more often? I mean, it's not like he's breaking in the big bucks these days. What does he have to lose? Like, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know what he's. I don't really know what Tom Cruise is trying to do at this point. Well, I, th- I think in, in his career, I think he's trying to protect a brand. I mean, I think he's you know fifty years old. I think he uh, there's so much uh, there's so many connotations to Tom Cruise uh, that I think you know he's he's basically striving for. Uh, he he keeps kind of gambling on blockbusters, I think, and that, or you know attempts at blockbusters. I think his last two movies were Edge of Tomorrow and Oblivion. You know, both kind of big budget. You know, tentpole. You know, or I think Oblivion was at least an attempt at that. I don't mm-hmm. know success wise, but you know, I think that's that's what he's kind of about right now. I think that the time when he could do Eyes Wide Shut and Magnolia in the same year is yeah, a time. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Go for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, recently, I know I know Edge of Tomorrow was pretty warmly received. I, but I feel like that was just kind of a fluke. It could have very easily been horrible. Sure. <laughs> and, that, and that'll happen sometimes. That's just one of those rare instances where a movie looks terrible and then it turns out to be okay. But for the most part, yeah, he needs to kind of shy away from those. I mean, he's older. He's, he's 50, you know, something years old. Right. I mean, Brad Pitt really isn't doing as many of those kind of movies anymore, and he's doing fine. Right, right. Um, he's probably bringing in more money than Tom Cruise, and he's probably about the same age. So yeah, yeah, I think Brad Pitt's like fifty to his fifty-two or something. And I think uh, I'm trying to remember the last movie I even saw, or the last movie I think he was in was a uh, Counselor and Twelve Years a Slave. Were both yeah World War Z? I think was also the same year. <laughs> yeah, see, God, if if Brad Pitt just made World War Z like every year, right. people would hate him. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he does enough. He has enough variety to where people forget like his really crappy movies. Where Tom Cruise is, has more like his tend to build up a little more. He'll do more bad movies in a row than Brad Pitt will. I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I just think yeah. Brad Pitt has always, uh, to some extent, been pretty adventurous. Uh, I mean, always uh, once he once Brad Pitt became you know Brad Pitt and with everything that goes with that, I think he kind of made a conscious decision to you know do movies like seven uh back in the 90s then you know assassination of jesse james by the coward robert ford to kind of have that you know diversity in his portfolio uh and yeah no i I think tom cruise could kind of take a page from that book but um, i'm checking out his imdb right now and i'm not sure that's what's going to happen have you checked tom cruise's imdb recently oh every day Uh, let me (laughs) let me uh let me look that up um here i got it right now actually okay um and here's uh, supposedly, at least that have been announced, Tom Cruise's next three movies: Mission Impossible Five, mm-hmm. Top Gun Two, mm-hmm. and Jack Reacher Two. Jack Reacher Two. <laughs> it doesn't sound. It's called. You no, know, it's called Jack Reacher. Never go back. <laughs> they should have called it Jack Reacher Out of Reach. <laughs> or they could have pulled a Star Trek Into Darkness and called it Jack Reacher. For the stars, or something. Yeah, <laughs> Reacher, goes to space. Reacher for Jack Reacher, reach for the moon, even if you miss you'll <laughs> the stars. Well, yeah, but the thing is, I mean, we were just saying like, oh man, he should he should diversify what he's doing, and he's he's not doing that, so that's kind of disappointing. I know I know the Mission Impossible movies have gotten kind of good. Once again, I feel like it, it depends on who's making it. It doesn't depend on Tom Cruise. Yeah, no, I think uh, he's just kind of the fulcrum. I mean, it's it's built around tom cruise and then whoever is helming it kind of puts it in whatever direction you know uh well this time around it's actually it's uh i I guess tom cruise has really liked working with him because christopher mccrory's got the gig Mm -hmm. so you know and i and i have to say you know with even though i i don't necessarily like the context in which the action this movie takes place i think the he does a good job directing action um I thought it was kind of very kinetic and very, you know, it seems like there was an impact <laughs> to the punches. And so, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we haven't really touched on the actual production of the film. I mean, I think, yeah, Christopher McQuarrie, I'd say 
is pretty competent. I just think the source material was not that good to begin with. Right. He's. I mean, I. He, I think he just presented it as it was, and he puts in a couple of his own flares and like. Mm-hmm. But and then aside from that, like visually, you know, it looks good. The effects are good. There's a great car chase. Car chase, <laughs> in this scene. Uh, I like that scene. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's some good stuff going for it, but I think overall, just I hate the Jack Reacher character. <laughs> so there's never, it's never going to be quite good enough. Yeah. No matter how many, how, how good of a production team you get on this, <laughs> I'm going to have problems with the fundamentals of the character and his ideals. Yeah. No, I think it's actually, it's really kind of a shame because I think that there is potential in Christopher McQuarrie kind of taking, um, you know the skills that he displayed here and just applying it to like this you know down and dirty kind of action thriller whereas this gets just so weighed down by uh by all the all the jack reacher shit (laughs) you know yeah and uh and it sucks because i i like that car chase a lot i i there's a you know a lot of like little asides in the movie like when it kind of flashes back to the suspect and the the and the sniper shooting and how he got suspected in the first place uh what he did in overseas and I, that i think are um you know just good ideas and i think you know you can't you can't say that it's not a solidly directed movie but yeah it's just so it gets just so lost in jack reacherville mm-hmm. yeah okay uh, do you have any more burning comments that you have to, something you have to get off your chest about Jack Reacher? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think I've, I've said my piece. I think I have one more comment about this scene probably having like, uh, there's this one scene where Jack Reacher is being attacked by two guys, two, two dumb henchmen, like in a, in a bath, bathtub, in a bathroom. Right. It's a very small room and there's these guys that go down with like bats and stuff. And they miss like a million times, and then they hit each other in the head. Yeah. And I think it's supposed to be funny, but for some reason, I was just like, I hate this so much. Oh God, like, I know. Yeah. To think that someone could be this incompetent, and it's like they're going so far for a laugh that it's like not even reality even more. Yeah. Like I, I definitely recommend anyone check up like Jack uh, Reacher bathroom fight, and then judge <laughs> it for yourself and be like, is this, is this like, do you like, do you enjoy this? Like, is this good? Like, if this was a Jackie Chan movie, maybe. Right. But well, that's the thing, though. If it were a Jackie Chan movie, that scene would have been filmed like a like a cartoon. You know, it it would have been entertaining. This, it's just so gritty and it's just so out of place that it's, I I, I can't imagine anybody laughing at it, and it, it just sticks out like a sore thumb. It's uh, so weird. Ugh. Jack Reacher, a movie that tries, but somehow quality is just a little bit out of reach. Hey, so <laughs> Michael, yeah, for people out there on Netflix, you're just on the internet or whatever, <laughs> or just who like to watch movies, <laughs> would you recommend Jack Reacher? I would not. I I think that if you want, um, you know, a solidly built movie of this type, then you know you have tons of other options to watch on a sunday afternoon that kind of fulfills your uh uncle (laughs) alpha fantasies uh this one i would say pass you know um i would also not recommend it i mean unless you have like a shrine like with a like dedicated to the great santini (laughs) with like a framed photograph and your prized signed vhs this is you know this is not a movie you need to see If you if you want to see it because you think oh man it sounds so stupid that Tom Cruise is in this dumb action movie then yeah you're probably in the right mindset but otherwise you know don't waste your time there's there's probably better better action movies you could be watching hmm. uh, which reminds me I, I I thought it would be neat on this podcast to recommend things that are similar but I I don't really know what <laughs> if there's any movies in this genre that I like in this espionage thriller genre maybe like a James Bond movie. Uh, uh, like Skyfall or or Mission Impossible Four, if you like Tom Cruise, because yeah, that movie's uh, got some humor. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, if I think if you want to see Tom Cruise beat people up, and who doesn't? <laughs> uh, yeah, Mission Impossible Four dash uh, Ghost Protocol is kind of mm-hmm. the go-to. Um, I I guess I, I maybe not. Um, if I was gonna recommend something that's similar, I don't know if this would fit under that. But if you want to see something that kind of um, that I, I just kept returning to in my head that kind of 
just takes the piss out of a movie like this i would say burn after reading uh made me Mm. laugh at the things that this movie also made me laugh at but in this case it was unintentional (laughs) um or burn after reading movies like this and body of lies like i i you know stuff like that i can't watch anymore after burn after reading without laughing like eight different times at those the thundering music over a shot of you know uh a car i don't know it's it's um it's kind of like uh, not not a parody of this kind of movie or anything but i just kept returning to it in my head watching it so. And you know who's in? You know who's in Burn After Reading? Brad Pitt, Richard Jenkins Brad Pitt. too. And Richard, yeah, yeah, Richard Jenkins. I forgot he's the uh, like district attorney. He's he's just picking up a paycheck here. Yeah. Hey, I can't fault him for that. You know, I hope he like <laughs> sure. bought a boat or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. I'm, I he just does. as long as he's happy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that was our review of Jack Reacher. Hell yeah. Um, take it as it was. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> Take it as it was. Like, are they not gonna like it? It is what it is. That's her. That's not through. I I want if I want a Jack Reacher review. It's gonna be damn good. Um, um. So, like I said, we were gonna end uh, each episode by using the Netflix randomizer. But before we do that, uh, is there any other movies you've seen, Michael, recently? Just in general, anything else you want to throw out there? Is you know, hey, I saw this. This was good. Um. um or is it all dedicated to Jack Reacher? <laughs> My life is dedicated to Jack Reacher uh, <laughs> and his teachings and his reachings, as I call him. It's what the disciples <laughs> call him. Um, in theaters, I think the the last movie I saw in theaters was uh, Ida, which uh-huh. is as far away from Jack Reacher as possible. Um, and I, I, I liked it. I would if you're into academy ratio uh really pretty shot compositions then uh i would recommend it it's not like my favorite thing ever or anything but uh yeah ida i'll i'll plug ida for you and and i just checked out um the indie comedy uh, obvious child with jenny slate Ooh. in a theater surprisingly and in central washington which was it was in yakima so oh, really? what are the odds of that happening yeah oh yeah it's weird but um that was i would recommend that uh very funny uh movie about a stand-up comedian and then it's interesting that you know it's a movie that deals with abortion which is something you don't normally see uh tackled in most movies mm-hmm. i think they do a real great job of kind of addressing that and jenny slate's great actress i wasn't aware um she's very good uh she could do anything basically so mm. i'm hoping for her to have a good a good career. I mean, I know it's it's been rough being fired from SNL <laughs> after barely a season, but it yeah. seems like she's doing okay, and I'm I'm pulling for her. So yeah, yeah. If you're pulling for her too, <laughs> you know, check out Obvious Child. You're I think pulling like for Jenny. Yeah, no, I I am pulling for her, and I uh, look forward to seeing that soon. And I look forward to seeing Ida very much. So. All right. Okay, so this comes to the portion of our show where we are going to use the Netflix randomizer. Uh, do you want me to do, or do you want to do it? Uh, why don't you go ahead? Okay, I'll do it this time. We'll switch off, you know, sure. to make sure there's no funny play, like someone's always rigging it, like I'm always rigging it every week or something. <laughs> We've seen this Stripes nine part. times. Yeah, good. <laughs> this is the tricky part because I'm really afraid, actually, because we only get three goes at literally everything on Netflix, <laughs> and really the only parameter I'm putting is that it has to be a movie. Right. Uh, so here I go. Um, I, I'll, I'll go. I'll do it three times. I'll give, uh, I guess, synopsis uh, of, of, each, uh, of each movie, you know. Uh, talk about it a little bit uh but here i'm going to click the button and you know we'll see how fast my internet goes <laughs> uh this first thing i got doesn't actually look like a movie <laughs> it looks like a uh rule. like a mini series P- pbs thing that they mashed into one movie i'm not even gonna address it okay so uh <laughs> that was a, that was a warm-up <laughs> okay oh speak of the devil my first movie from the Netflix randomizer, Project A2, starring Jackie Chan. Oh, wow. Okay. It's uh, from, from 1987, uh, an action-adventure movie. And here's the here's uh, a little bit of the plot. After he defeats an evil pirate at sea... I'm on board Dra- already. <laughs> Dragon Mao, Jackie Chan, gets offered the lead slot on the municipal police squad. 
but when he discovers corruption seated deep within the department, he must keep one eye on the locals and the other on his fellow officers. I'll cut it off there. Yeah. Okay, so Jackie Chan fights pirates is our first. <laughs> the American title. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm hesitant about doing too many action movies, but what if we just get nothing but crap? Yeah. Um, oh, this is interesting. I've, I've heard of this. Uh, next is a documentary, uh, Looking for Lenny, which is uh-huh. comedian Lenny Bruce. It's a 70-minute documentary. I, I don't know who's let's see who's in this. Uh, Lenny Bruce, Mort Saul, Hugh Hefner, Robin Williams, uh, John Lovitz. <laughs> uh, that could be interesting. Yeah. Lenny Bruce. Okay. I, I don't really know much about him except that he swears a lot. <laughs> All right, and then let me go one more time with the randomizer. Go. Oh, what the hell? Is, okay. <laughs> Okay, the number third pick is, it's a movie called Tentacles. All right. From 1977. (laughs) Here is the premise. (laughs) A giant octopus terrorizes the waters off Ocean Beach, littering the shore with half-eaten corpses of vacationing swimmers. Okay, sounds like a Jaws knockoff, (laughs) but here is where things get a little crazy. Here's here's our our, our cast. Shelly Winters... John Huston, <laughs> Henry Fonda. Oh my God! Three Oscar winners who decided I'm gonna do Tentacles. Oh my God! If if that like had Rick Wakeman doing the music, that would push me over in that direction <laughs> right now. All right, yeah. I mean, I I, um, I don't know. Should we decide on one right here on the on the air? Or should we uh, leave leave everyone in suspense? In suspense. All right. I mean, I. I, I, I will let's sleep on it a little bit. Let's okay, yeah. and then we'll I think reveal. I think some weeks it'll be it'll be obvious. Uh, I'm sure you know like which one we should pick. This one I think uh, we didn't get the best option, so we're we're gonna yeah we're gonna sleep on it. <laughs> uh, so that'll be the surprise. You know, yeah. um, check us out on iTunes. Uh, this is the first episode, so it should be on there pretty soon. But you'll know that because you'll be listening to it. <laughs> um, yeah, and. Uh, I guess that's it. You know, we're going to keep tooling this until it's down to a very fine wine. Paste. <laughs> paste wine. Yeah. A uh, patent uh, idea? Let's do it. Paste wine. This is uh, John Michael with Stream Police. Let's see.